Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Those of you that are watching tonight, thank you so much. We welcome you tonight, our online family. God bless you, and come on and visit. Thank you, Tommy. I don't know about you, but it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Sometimes when you just get into his presence and you surrender your will and you surrender every part of the day to him, he'll start to lead you and guide you and prod you and anoint you and give you wisdom and discernment. Don't say that. Say that. Don't go there. Go there. It's because it's the lordship of Jesus Christ that makes the difference in our life tonight. Amen? Pastor Tim sends his greetings. He says thank you. Uh, he says to say hello to you, but he also said uh, that he would be here on Sunday, Vision Sunday. Pastor Tom was talking about that. And tonight, what I want to share with you is surrender. I asked Sherry and the team to, to minister that song. And then the other two songs were, were powerful. I mean, the waves of grace and the resurrected king is resurrecting me and then surrender. I mean, that in itself is the gospel right there. But we must surrender. But why do we have to surrender? Because I believe that God wants to reveal himself to us. I believe that God wants to talk to his people, wants to talk to you individually, wants to talk to me individually. But sometimes when we're not surrendered we can have static in our life that distracts us from the voice of God. It doesn't mean that we don't love God. It doesn't mean that we don't know his word. But we can't hear clearly what the spirit of God is saying because there's so many distractions in our life. Sometimes there's distractions that are not ungodly. They're just not timely. I'll say that again. There's some relationships and things in your life that are not ungodly, but they're just untimely. For instance, do you remember when you were in high school and you said when you graduated, oh, we're going to keep in touch and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. We're going to go to college. Where are those folks? <laughs> Untimely. I remember when I got married almost 20 years ago and the best man was there and uh, we kept in contact. We moved away and, and we know each other on Facebook, but we haven't really kept in contact like before I was married because when you get married and committed, some things need to be adjusted. And when you come to the lordship of Jesus Christ, uh, there's some things that need to be adjusted. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. But as you continue on in this relationship with God, he continues to try to adjust. But if we do not surrender, there's too much static in our life and we cannot hear what the spirit of God wants to tell us. Are you guys talking about me? My wife's down here and they're talking. It's my wife and Melinda. Yeah, I put her on the spot. I do that. I don't care. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I do care. But relationships are very, very important. But if you're not careful, those relationships can become unhealthy. And you try to keep relationships. Now, I'm not talking to you folks that are married. 
You try to get rid of relationships when God has sent you that relationship, but you're not submitted nor surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Therefore, that relationship cannot blossom the way God wants it to blossom. And the inverse is true. Sometimes you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in. If you're shacking up with somebody, God forgives. But you can't get God's best if you're not doing it his way. Did I just say that? Uh, Yes, I did. Because either Jesus is the Lord or he's lunatic or a liar. There's a book called like that. So is he the Lord of your life? And if he is, are we surrendered to his ways? This is not hate speech. This is not condemnation. This is getting the best from God to you and to me. We as the body of Christ need to understand that sometimes we hear that old Charlie Brown thing in our life, the teacher in the classroom, the kids are talking, what did she say? And I look at it like sometimes you're also driving into a, a fast food place or something, you hear, it's too much static, it's not clear. But you're hungry. I want one. What do you want? Static. Everyone say static. Then also we must understand it's kind of like you're on the phone. Or too big of a phone. Let's, let's. You're on the phone. And have you ever tried to pay attention to a phone call when there's a lot of voices? Then all of a sudden your blood pressure starts to rise up. And you're going... All you moms know what I'm talking about. You're like, yes, praise the Lord. Everyone say distractions. What about when you're really committed and you want to go to prayer, then you start to think, did the phone just ring? Lord, uh, did someone come knock on the door? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Because though you're still, your mind and your emotions are still going because there's too much distractions because you haven't surrendered certain things to the presence of God. Everyone just smile at me. I might step on some toes. So if I do say, oh my, or amen, or something, watch this. We as a Meadowbrook staff and family believe that solitude is full of God. But you can be alone and still be distracted. So we need to understand that solitude is an act of surrender. That solitude is an act of surrender. Solitude is an act of surrender. Surrender in the dictionary, it tells us this. It means to yield to the power, control, or possession of another. To give up completely or agree to forego your own will just as an officer apprehends a convict or an army defeats an enemy. It also means this, to give oneself over to the power of another, especially as a slave or as a servant. To give oneself over to something as an influence by submission. Now watch this. You ever try to influence your kids? But they don't want to submit. Oh, he said, oh, yeah. Okay, now watch. Sometimes we're like that with God. 
God, I love you, I hear you, and I'll go this far, but don't tell me to go that far. And then we pray, God, bless me. How can God bless disobedience? Now, God is forgiving. God can restore, but God is not going to bless your mess. Uh, Can I say that over here? Maybe God is not going to bless your mess or my mess either for that matter. So we need to surrender. I like watching the military channel. And then they have the big uh, greatest battles of all time, kind of do a 3D thing. And, and I've been watching this where Rommel, back in World War II, was going across North Africa. He's going into Egypt and going over. And then the British forces are resisting him, resisting him, resisting him. And then eventually the British overtake and then, of course, um, Patton comes in. He does something up into Italy. Now they're going into uh, Germany because now they've had the Battle of the Bulge, the Ardennes Forest. I like Band of Brothers and Bloodline and all that stuff. I like watching those things. And I learned a lot from that history, tactics, history, how to deal with people. But my point is, is now they're going into Germany. And in this, there's a story or a a flyer that came out, but it was part of the history, and it says, the city in the battle of Achim. Achim, we have a friend named Achim, it's Achim, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I'm going to read this to you. It says this, Achim, a German city, was surrounded by American forces. Hitler had sent orders to the Nazi commanders to stand and die in the city's defense. But the American commander gave the city a few opportunities to surrender or destroy it. Lieutenant Colonel Courtney H. Hodges sent an, uh, sent an ultimatum to the Nazi commander and the mayor of the city that had 165,000 souls. That's the, what the, the writing says. And then it says, the general sent tens of thousands of leaflets dropped by troops into the citizens of Aachen to surrender and thus prevent needless bloodshed. And this is what the flyer said, the leaflet. City of Achim, you are encircled. American troops surround the city. German command cannot relieve you. People of Achim, the time has come for you to honorably surrender. For we as Americans do not wage war on innocent civilians. But if the leaders insist on further sacrifice, we have no recourse but to destroy the city. There is no time to lose. Our airfield bombers are waiting for the final order to take off. Our artillery is surrounding the city and ready to fire. People of Aachen, act quickly. Tomorrow is too late. There is only one choice, immediate surrender or complete destruction. The article goes on to say, but the Germans did not surrender. Great destruction ensued. And thousands of senseless lives were lost because of the unwillingness of an arrogant, prideful commander to surrender. It's quiet in this Holy Ghost church. But why do I tell you that? Because that's a direct example, reflection on what happens if we don't surrender to the lordship of Jesus Christ in our life. You've heard it here, said here that sin and disobedience causes people to incur damage. 
the longer you wait to surrender, the deeper and the more tragic that sin or that crisis becomes that not only you incur damage, but many people that are in your life incur damage. And why do we not surrender? Because we're prideful and arrogant to think that God is not watching or God does not care. God is watching and God does care. But he's also loving enough to help us come out when we surrender to his will. Everyone just smile at me. People of God, people of Meadowbrook, brothers and sisters, surrender. Surrender your life to God. And you may say, hey, pastor, I got this, honey. You know, I'm surrendered. You prideful and arrogant. Well, I better not say that. Pastor Tim might be watching. How you doing, sir? But we believe and we think that we've arrived just because we've come to Meadowbrook so long. See, righteousness is positional through the blood of Jesus Christ. But sanctification is an ongoing thing through the application and the discipleship of the word of God in our life. I don't arrive till I get to heaven. Right? But because I'm righteous and washed in the blood of Jesus, I'm going to get to go to heaven. Praise God. But while I'm on the earth, the Bible says I must die daily. Oh, my. I must pick up the cross daily. Daily bread. Daily prayer. Getting on my face and saying, Lord, help me. I can't do it without you. We know to do that, but how often do we really do it? How often do we really come into the presence of God? Or is it more like this? God bless this day. Thank you so much. Or thank you, Lord, I pray. Come on, kids. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Here's a... Here's a scripture out of Romans 6, 12 through 13 out of the Good News Translation. Sin must no longer rule your mortal bodies so that you obey the desires of your natural self. Natural self. Everyone say natural self. Nor must you surrender any part of yourselves to sin to be used for wicked purposes. Instead, give yourself to God as those who have been bought, brought from death to life and to surrender your whole being to him. To be used for righteous purposes. There's many that come and say, God, use me. And he wants to use you. But to the level that you surrender is to the level that you're able to impact another person's life. Why would God give you his power if you really can't even Pray daily. Everyone say, ouch. ouch. Listen, guys, this is not a, 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 a thing of condemnation. This is, not a, this is a thing of discipleship. This is a thing about growth. This is a thing about being used of God. This is a thing about being surrendered to his presence. There's a portion here in this book called Fresh Air, and I recommend it highly. Pastor Chris Hodges. I've read it a few times. 
And then you hear in the beginning, right in the beginning, he talks about a story where he had these friends. And these friends went to a park and there was a pool and there was a waterfall. They decided to go swimming. Well, one guy had never gone. And he decided to go and jumped in with him with the pool. And everybody jumped off this ledge into the pool and everybody was cool. He saw everybody and everybody's having a good time. So he did it. When he went down, as he was coming up, he was coming up underneath the waterfall. And it kept pounding him deeper and deeper. And he tried to paddle and get his way out. And it kept taking him deeper. He got so close that he could almost hear the voices through the water. But then all of a sudden, it took him down. He thought, I'm going to die. And this is what happened. He surrendered, and this is what it says here. Finally, after a few minutes, my friend said he realized that he was going to die. He was exhausted. He had spent all his strength in the struggle to swim, free of the vortex and the current of the water created by the waterfalls above. So he stopped paddling and allowed the water to push him deeper and deeper still. But after sinking several feet, his body suddenly shot up like a torpedo to the surface. And through the waterfall, gasping for air, he realized that only when he had completely surrendered to the current, he was released from its grasp. What are you holding on to and what are you struggling with that you have not surrendered to God? Surrender to God means that you trust him. When you trust him, that additive and that vitamin that is not from the earth, peace starts to come into your life. And in that, you may not know it all up here. You may not see it all up there, out here. But in here, you know what? God, you're in control. God, I trust you. God, I'm used for righteous purposes. I don't surrender myself to sin but to your presence. Help me today, dear God, to make a difference in the lives of someone else. You guys still with me? We are Christian, we that are Christians believe that God has called us to righteous purposes. We must remember that we were once dead and are now alive. And we must surrender our whole being to righteous purposes. In 1 Corinthians 6, it tells us this, that we are not our own. But we've been bought by a price. And it goes on to tell us that we are also the temple of the Holy Spirit. The founder of Gordon Conwell, A.J. Gordon, he says this. It costs much to obtain the power of the Spirit. It costs self-surrender, at times even humiliation, and the yielding up of our most precious things, thoughts, and feelings toward God. It costs perseverance and sometimes patience, and the faith of strong trust in knowing that God is with me. But when we really are surrendered in the power of God and surrender, we shall find this difference in our life. That whereas before it was hard to do easy things, now it's easy for us to do hard things. Listen to that. Sometimes I talk to people that they are so stressed out that they cannot think clearly. They're looking for answers. But if they would just surrender to the presence of God, to being persistent in prayer, daily Bible devotional, in that the difficult things will become easy. And the things that were seemingly very easy are 
are not even hard anymore. You know what? It's easy for me to resist women now. It's easy for me to resist alcohol now. It's easy for me to resist pornography now. It's easy for me to resist trying to smack somebody upside the head. It doesn't mean I don't get the feelings or the thoughts, but it's easy to resist because why? My life is not my own. It's the best of my ability. I'm trying to surrender to the presence of God every day. And sometimes Pastor Tim helps me. Sometimes Pastor Sean helps me. Sometimes Pastor Tom helps me. And you know what? Sometimes I don't like it. But I know that they have my best interest and your best interest at hand. As we move on with these last moments that I have, I want to talk about a man named Abraham. Abraham, the father of our faith. And he did some things concerning surrender and submission. In Genesis 12, 1 and 3, it says this. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those or dishonor those who, uh, pardon me, uh, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In that synopsis, we see this, the promise of God. We see the provision of God. We see the position of, and influence of God. We see the protection of God. But you know what our part is? The responsibility to carry it out. We want better marriages. We say, God, bless our marriage. But then when, the, when it's tough, we run from the responsibility. Sometimes we say, God, help me to reach other people. But you won't even go to a small group. Somebody smile at me. I'm not mad at you. And in this... We need to understand the promise of God is real. The provision of God is real. The position of God is real. The protection of God is real. But the responsibility to do something with what he's trusted into our hands, we need to act on our faith. For faith without works is dead. Genesis 12, 4, it says this. So Abraham went as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Wait a minute. God said to get away from your family. But there was his nephew. It doesn't say first that, it does not say that Abraham took him. It says that Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed to, there's my name. It's spelled different, Haran. And it says this, the word Haran means crossroads. Anytime God gives you a promise and he shows you his favor, There's a crossroads in your life because you and I are going to have to make some decisions whether to obey or disobey. See, we want the power, the prestige, and the provision without the responsibility. And it's a crossroad in our life that if we continue to submit to his will and to his way of doing things, then the crossroad will be easy. How about you? Do you have a problem with a lot in your life? What about anger? Jealousy? Unforgiveness? Wrath? Racism? 
sexism, pretense, religiosity, superiority, gossip. Uh, Did I get everyone yet? Somewhere in there, that symbolizes your lot. Because the next thing that happens here in Genesis 13, 14 through 15, it says, The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated, what? From him. So watch this. He got rid of Lot and God spoke to him again. You're wanting God to speak to you, but you haven't gotten rid of your Lot yet. Everyone just smile at me. You look so serious. I'm talking to myself here too. And it says, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give you to your offspring forever. There's a lot of promises there. I want everything that God has for me. Everything. Am I greedy? No. But I know there's a lot of hurting people. And so I want to help people. You know, sometimes as the outreach pastor here, it's work sometimes. Get up early. Pack the van, get some teams, go to Walmart, go to Lowe's, go to Home Depot, go to, I'm not advertising for them, do all these things, and it's a responsibility. But when I pray and have help from you guys, it makes it easier. But you know what the payoff is? That when we're there talking to people and feeding them and helping them and letting them know that they're not alone, that's the payoff. And I know that you, don't, don't thank you so much, but you know something? God wants to use you the same way. But what we do is we run from the responsibility because we're not surrendered to his will. God cannot do two things. He cannot lie and he cannot change your will. He cannot lie because everything that he speaks comes into existence. If he said there's a purple sky with a three-legged dog and, and yellow spots, it happens. But the next thing he cannot do is change your will. He can coax and prod and help and renew, but he cannot change it. You need to change it by being submitted to his presence and submitted to his word. Watch. Here's another. Well, you're saying that's Old Testament. Let's look at the New Testament. Jesus Christ went from place of prayer to place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. But sometimes we go from place of prayer to crisis to place of prayer to depression to place of prayer. Something's wrong. But we see the example of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 26, we see a few things. Uh, A little bit later on, please. I'm going to talk. You can take that off the screen. Thank you. In Matthew 26, it does talk about Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He took his disciples, which at that time were 11 because Judas Iscariot went to go do his thing. So he has the 11. He takes them with him to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he leaves some there, but he takes three with him. And he stops. And then he separates first from the group, then from the three. And he goes and separates. Sometimes there's levels of separation in your life that you need to enter into to receive what God has for you. Not everybody's going to believe like you believe. Not everybody's going to give you a rah-rah all the time. But if you are surrendered to the presence of God, God will get his will through you, in you, show you favor, take you places that no one can take from you. You just have to separate yourself 
from certain things. And then the scripture says that he returned back and there were the three sleeping. Then he looked and then the other group was sleeping. He said, get up, you lazy. No, he didn't say that. He said, could you not watch and pray with me? He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then it says that he separated himself again. Then he prayed. He said, Lord, the first time, the second time, he also said this, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, not my will be done, but your will be. He's surrendering. Now he comes back the second time. He says, get up. Now he's with the disciples, with the group. He said, you guys, stay and watch and pray with me. But he left. Go and read it. Matthew 20, 26. He goes away and he prays the third time about the same thing. And sometimes we that are in the faith movement, we say we've prayed once, forget about it. Hey, Jesus did it. I need to do it too. Are you with me? Have you ever prayed about something and things aren't settled? There's no peace? You need to go keep praying about that thing. And things are still unsettled and you get a little clearer and boom, then it's clear. I need to calm down or I'm going to fly away. This is what it says in Matthew 26 and verse 45 and 46. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See the hours at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinner. Verse 46. Arise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. What am I trying to get? What does this mean to me? We see here that Jesus prayed three times about the same thing. And each time he separated himself from the disciples. To get alone. You know, my... Biggest relationship is not with my wife. Don't get mad at me. It's not with my wife. It's with my God. And sometimes my wife says this, you know, I need to do that. You know, sometimes, ladies, uh, God anointed you with an extra cell back here that this moves twice as much than guys. And all the guys said amen. But watch. Yes, said it. What? I'm going to drive home by myself, but yeah, I said it. (laughs) But my point is this. I need to slow down and get in the presence of God because if my relationship isn't healthy this way, it's not going to be healthy with my wife. Trust me, I know. (laughs) So what I have to do is surrender. Surrender my whole being. You have hope. You don't have to do a whole big Bible study in one day or one week. Talk to God about it. Ask him, Lord, what is it that I need to read? God, what is it you're trying to show me in Scripture? Open it up and say, God, breathe on me. The word of God is God speaking to you. You will never get closer to God than understanding his word. Because if you just go by feeling, then when the feelings are gone, you think that God is gone. Your relationship with the Lord is stabilized by what you know in Scripture. And in that Scripture, when you say God, it's like, 
You sense his presence. There's hope for you. There's hope for me. So in all that I've talked about today, remember to surrender your life daily. I dare you. I double dog dare you. I triple dog dare you. When you get home tonight before your your head hits the pillow, get alone. Sit in a chair. Kneel on the floor. Get on your face. Fall before the Lord and just say, God, speak to me. God, help me with my life. Lord, help me with direction. Give me peace. Give me wisdom. I'm surrendered to you. And I'm going to tell you, when you do that, you're going to be in the middle of something. And the Holy Spirit will go, oh, don't do that. And at that point, remember your prayer. Remember that you came tonight. And the Spirit of God wanted me to tell you, surrender. I surrender. I want to know you. Want to know him more? And surrender. Did you receive something tonight? Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.